Welcome to the second living room. Enjoy this conversation with your hosts, Eileen and Blake, and professional chef and speaker, Jonathan Lynch. So welcome, friends, to the second living room podcast. We have Jonathan Lynch here with us today. And he good morning. Good morning, good morning. He is the bomb. Jonathan, do you want to tell the story of how we know each other? Or Blake, do you want to tell the story? No, Jonathan, take it take it away. Take it you, away. If you will. I'll be I'll be happy to take it away. Well, first of all, good morning to you guys. Thank mm-hmm. you for having me here. Honored. Uh, and a little surprised. I had no idea you guys were doing this. So kudos to you guys for, yeah, you for stepping out and doing some podcast stuff. This is amazing. Yeah. I love that for y'all. Just trying to have fun, you know. Um, <laughs> so we, uh, man, guys, it's been, it was 2011 that I graduated from Nichols. And so let's just take it back because I think, Blake, we were, we were first year roommates, I want to say. Yeah, it must have been um, 2009, 2010. Probably 2010. Yeah. Yeah. So let's take it back. So over a decade ago. Yeah. Over a decade. Uh, That's crazy. Blake and I, Blake and I got got placed randomly. I want to say, and being yeah. roommates together because we opted for for open open style. I didn't have anybody that. Oh. Oh. The connection. We moved down there with, and we were in the dorms, and we just got placed together. Uh, and that's what started uh, me and Blake's relationship. It was a very, very quiet relationship. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't any drama that happened between us. It wasn't any really excitement. It was just we kind of existed and we yeah. went about our days. And we were, what were you studying this time? Uh, I was in psychology. Um, okay, so see, you were already, you were already trying to figure me out. That's yeah. what it was. You know, well, well back, <laughs> back then and still a lot today. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, I'm not a huge like talker, speaker. I'm not out of my body in any kind of way. I'm not like I don't fill up a room in any way. Um, and that's something that I admired about you a lot. I remember the first dorms that I lived in. It was on the other side of Nichols. I forgot what they were called. Uh, but you used to like work behind the desk over there. I think. Um, yeah. And I remember that because back then I was like super shy, and I, I still am pretty shy. But I like I didn't talk to anybody, especially if I didn't know you. Even if I knew you, I might just like give you a smile or something. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> but I would maybe. I would like walk into the dorms and you were there. You didn't know who I was or anything. And every time, and I'm sure you did this with everybody. Uh, but it was like just o- overly welcoming, like "Hey, what's up?" Like "Good morning" or whatever it was. Um, and that to me was like the craziest thing on earth because I was like I can't even imagine. <laughs> acknowledging somebody that I don't know and then doing so, which like the most kindness on earth. Um, so like you had a very big impression on me before I I even knew you. Right. I I feel that way about Jonathan too. He had a huge impression on everybody. He was like Mr. Nichols, like omnipresent, like, cause I feel like every memory (laughs) I have from Nichols, like the first memory, it was like the first time I was ever on campus, like partying with people or like hanging out with people. Um, there was Jonathan. He was like singing, come on, Eileen, like taking pictures of me. And I was like, who is this guy? Like this huge energy. And like everywhere I went, it was like Jonathan, Jonathan. And then Blake and I started dating and you like walk into the, the dorm room. I'm like, oh, you're it's Jonathan again. Like he's just popping up everywhere. Why, why can't I see to get away from this person? <laughs> But that, was my, that was my goal all along, guys. I just I wanted to make sure that y'all were in the same place at the same time, yeah. so I could have all my energy just focused directly on you. And here we are, a decade later. And here what do you know? Are. And are you, guys, you guys are parents now. Yeah. What's up? You guys are parents now. Yeah. Yeah, we are baby girls. We did some math, thing. you know. Me plus her, we created a whole new person. It's nuts. 
You got it. I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to think that about where I about where I was in that state of my life and where you guys were both separately and then together and then the friends that we both had and just uh, it's look it's a it's a lesson in do things that you're unsure about. Oh, man, just do man. things you're unsure about. Do I don't know this person I'm living with them. Might work out bad or might not work out, but look, in this case, it worked out great. You gotta you gotta step into those opportunities. Yeah. So again, pleasure being here. Yes. Love that we're still in contact with each other and really looking forward to the chat. Yeah, dude. one thousand percent. So, I love that, right? Yeah. That's why we wanted you on the podcast because you you're living Damn. a different life. You're not you're not <laughs> living the normal life. So Jonathan is living in a van right now, right? That you've built. Correct, like, tell, like go back, tell us the story. So, uh, so I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit more, but I've been in, I've been in the van at the end of this year. It'll be about a year and a half. I moved into it full time, uh, with me and my two dogs, champion and deep two little pit mixers. Um, we moved into, um, moved into the van full time in June of last year. I've had the van, I've had it purchased since March of last year, and I've spent the better part of a year, uh, building it some, wow here in Louisiana and Ruston where I'm from um, and a lot more just on the road in different places. I've done some building in uh, Virginia with my uncle. I did some building with my friend John in Chicago. I've done some building in Southern California where um, I had some friends that were, they were let me stay there for a little while and kind of parked the van uh, to kind of reset some things. But I had, so I've been a chef for the past 10 years. And when COVID came around, just like with a lot of people's stories, when COVID came around, everything that was in the back of my mind came up to the front mm-hmm. because I didn't have work to focus on. I didn't have employees to focus on. I didn't have inventory to focus on. All my focus was just on here and now. And up until that point, I hadn't really done any work on the here and now. It was always what was coming next mm-hmm. or, oh, I'll get to that later or I got time to do this tomorrow. When COVID came around and I was spending, thankfully I wasn't laid off, but I took on the responsibility of having a restaurant so we could keep it going. Uh, to pat myself on the back, that was just the reality as an executive uh-huh. chef. One second. Uh, when you don't have the staff to take on. It cut out a little bit out, yeah, a second sorry. ago. I don't know if One you. One second. Uh, um, that's why we're we at. Uh, you were saying um, you were taking on the responsibility uh, with COVID. Got it. So when COVID came around, as an executive chef, you have to take on the responsibilities of the crew that you may or may not have sometimes. And when everybody got uh, furloughed or got laid off or chose to go somewhere else, it was me in the kitchen. That's it. It was me and our director of operations running the front uh, the front end uh, of the operation. And you know that goes from cooking to ordering to prepping. Uh, and again thankful that I had a job, but just more responsibilities come on. And I would get done with work and I'd come back and I just, all these other things would come to the front of my mind about things that I've always wanted to do or finances that were backed up or um, how how long is COVID going to last? Just a lot of uncertainty around that time. And I made a decision. I'd kind of been going with it back and forth for a little bit, but I made a decision that it was going to be in my best interest for myself and I think for the business, because if you're not putting yourself into, if you're not aligned with what the business is trying to do, you're also doing the business a disservice. Whether you like it or not, there's still a disservice being done on both ends. So I made the decision that I was going to step away from the restaurant um, and that 
I had seen my friend, uh, I'd seen my friend Kevin, shout out to Kevin, uh, who had just built uh, a van of his own. And I'd always, I'd always known about this type of nomadic living. I did it much, much longer ago when I toured around in a van. We lived in a 15-passenger van just on the seats. Like, we didn't build anything. We just lived on the seats. So we went from house Whoa. to house and played show to show. So I already knew that I had uh, a thirst for being in different places and meeting different people and having new experiences. That was something that I could really tap into and I thought that I thrived in. And mm. so this idea of building something in a van wasn't really anything that I had thought of for myself, but I'd seen a lot of other people do it. So when I started to see that, oh, I know somebody that did it, uh, he's doing it now, I can do this as well. I'm seeing 17, 18, 19, 20 year olds building out vans all on their own just by watching YouTube. And my ego kicked in. I said, well, if you can do it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> uh, and so fast forward, fast forward to now. I mean, again, been in it for a year and a half now. I've done I've done about, I've done about 80% of the work, but I've had help along the way in envisioning and how to do these things. So mm -hmm. whether it was YouTube, uh, whether it was my uncle helping me with the electric system, whether it was my buddy John helping me with carpentry stuff, uh, whether it was my aunt Libby helping me put up a ceiling, uh, whether it was my buddies uh, Will and Daniel helping me move things around from place to place, I have had help, but it is a self-build. No one else did this for me. So mm -hmm. it's a... Uh, it was it was a project and a huge learning curve, yeah. uh, and just learning what things are because up until that point, I thought you cut things with a saw. Like <laughs> that's the name, a saw. Just like somebody might think God. of, oh, it's just a knife. <laughs> Didn't know anything about carpentry. Really, still don't. Nothing about electronics. Nothing about plumbing. Um, so it's a big learning curve, but also exciting because up until that point, I'd been in a field where where I knew a whole lot more and it was much more comfortable for me to step into a kitchen. It was much more comfortable for me to talk about food. Uh, when I started having to realize that, you know, a quarter of an inch is much, much, much different than let's say, what's the uh, next step of quarter of an inch of uh, five sixteenths, and that every single, every single bit of space in the van matters, that stuff starts to add up. So that's been my, that's been my journey thus far, but we, we absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. That's uh wow. That's really crazy. Like that's such a drastic change, and and I don't know. Like looking back, because I remember um, in like the chef's world, whenever we lived together, we were roommates. Uh, I think shortly after, you, didn't you do like a like a TV show, like a contest or something like that? I did a I did a contest. Your memory serves you correct. Yeah. Uh, I did a contest called the Almost Famous Chef Competition. Yeah. What it was basically was a competition put on by San Pellegrino uh, where students at schools could submit a signature dish. Uh, they could compete within the, the levels of um, their local schools and then advance to a regional competition and then ultimately taking them to uh, a nationwide competition that happened in, I think it's called... In, uh, down the Napa Valley region. Mm -hmm. again. Okay. Over in the Napa Valley region. Yeah. Uh, and I was fortunate enough to where I was able to go all the way to the all the way to the finals. And although I didn't win, I made a lot of. It was it was at that competition, and I'll give a lot a lot of credit to that competition for putting me in a place 
to further my career because mm-hmm. through that competition that I met the chef that I worked with for the past 10 years that I moved out to California to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was an eye-opening experience in uh, communication and food production and what what else is what else could be out there because up until that point I'd just been cooking in Louisiana and you get to see what other students do at other schools and admire what they do at the yeah. time mm-hmm. at the time you're a little jealous because you're like well oh, I, I gotta learn how to do that yeah. but uh-huh. as we grow up and we grow we learn that these things don't matter so right yeah right I, I brought that that up because the the change from the rel- I'm assuming like a relatively stable, stable career and profession and, like, and situation to society like, accepts it. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm to, wondering about that too. Yeah, like, well, to like a completely different thing, and then the like bravery the of whole, it. Yeah, the whole time I've known you, just also stepping out and doing a competition like that. Yeah. And not only that, like I think didn't you win some award in that in terms of like the most likable or something like that in that competition? Well, of course I, he did. Yeah. It was something. It, it, it played. It played to my. Uh, thankfully, it played to my advantage of of the enjoyment of talking to people and communicating yeah. and and connecting. Uh, the the joke that I said is that people really didn't like my food, but they really enjoyed talking to me. So, <laughs> yeah. so I got. So I was I was awarded the fan favorite. It was yeah, the first time awesome. that the competition had taken things digital to where people could watch mm. and stream it online. Because uh, again, back then streaming, it, it was something that was going on, but it wasn't as as uh, common as like what we're doing right now or with Twitch or things that happen with like gaming and things like that. Uh, so it was the first time the culinary experience had taken on where you had somebody walking around with the camera, almost like a reality show, if you would. They were just piecing it together. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, won, I won an award for that. I told people, uh, or I encourage people and ask people to watch online and you can vote for me online. And mm. I ended up winning a little, a little chunk of change from that, awesome. uh, that I have no idea where it's gone now, but <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was son of the time. I got, I was the first time I got one of those huge checks. I didn't even think those things really existed. And I got one and I held it in my hands. It might be wandering around and stuff somewhere, but yeah. yeah I, and, uh, and, and what was, what was funny about it was that the person that was hosting the event, his name's Fabio Viviani. Yeah. Um, he was on, he was on Top Chef many, many years mm-hmm. ago. Uh, and we, I was a chef that I ended up working for. So shout out to Fabio if you're going to watch this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When we connected, I think we connected on the, on, the, on the frequency of connecting with people too. Because in Top Chef, he didn't win the competition either. But he was voted fan favorite. So we were, able to, we were able to connect and kind of uh, joke about food is just a small part of working in the restaurant industry and just of life in general and how important communication is. And yeah. uh, that set me on, that set me on a path over the next decade to, to grow and hopefully strengthen that, um, that skill set. I've failed many times at it and I'll, I have to, I have to admit those, I have to admit those things, but in general, um, that's where the, that's where the competition took me. Yeah. That's, that's so cool. I love that. I love um, that so much. So, so like the theme that I'm kind of picking up here and it kind of starts at the beginning of what you said in terms of like doing things that you're unsure about. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm sure before you did the the competition or before you've done anything that's new in your life, you don't know what's going to happen and you can't possibly plan for the successes or failures that inevitably are going to come. There has to be some level of like trust in yourself. Um, And I feel like you're a pretty good example of like being yourself in all these situations but not only being yourself but being yourself um like as much as you possibly can because when i think about myself there's been situations where i've been thinking like really small 
and I enter a new situation, instead of like being all the way out there um, and being my 100% self, instead I'm like, ah, I'm going to take a conservative approach. I'm going to kind of lay low in the background and just kind of feel it out for a little while. Uh, but the sense I get from you is like, hey, if I'm going to go in, I'm going all in. Always. Would you say that that's true about you? And kind of what do you think the or how would the, that attitude kind of served you or didn't serve you? I think that that is, I think there's an aspect to um, my personality that is true about if I. Oh, freezing up. Freezing up again. Darn. I'm definitely not going to be all over. That's something that I'm having to work on, uh, on crafting. But if there's something, whether it is, uh, whether it's working out, whether it's food, whether it's um, being around my family, whether it's playing with my dog, those type of things. I'm all in for, and mm -hmm. I try to give as much energy to it as possible. So looking back on that competition, I saw it. I mean, there was probably a, a sense of, uh, not, not probably, it was definitely a sense of ego to it. Because when you're growing up, I mean, acceptance is, is huge, especially mm -hmm. if you're someone that's seeking it and trying to validate yourself through it. I'm a middle child. Uh, so if, if people want to believe the middle child syndrome about like, I always thought my, I thought my older brother and younger brother were always admitted against me. And I was the one in the middle. I didn't really connect in school with teachers because I would always ask why uh, mm -hmm. I didn't want to really tap into authority, if you will. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's always been a, there's always been a, a sense in my personality of, of when I was younger and looking back on it now as an adult of needing validation mm -hmm. and not knowing that. I could validate myself just by doing, just because I exist, mm. I'm like, I'm capable of doing these things without needing someone else's yeah. uh, approval to do it. So mm. when I approach these competitions, uh, I, I thought it was just going to be cool to go to, to California. I had never, I never been out there before in the, in the culinary world, people that I watched online were out there. Uh, a celebrity chef was going to be out there. I just thought it would be a good opportunity and something good to put in my portfolio mm -hmm. um, to say, hey, I entered this competition and whether I, you know, I did good in it or not, uh, I thought it would just have a, a positive benefit in the long run. So that's what put me into it. Um, but thinking back on like laying low and, and I won't use the word scared, but just being fearful of mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. nah, there's, as I, as I get older, I am, I am of the mindset that that stuff, fear is not, fear is not something that's tangible. It's, it stays and it either festers in our mind or it's, or it's just, or it's uh, extinguished in our mind. Mm -hmm. Fear only exists up here. That's what I believe. Mm -hmm. um, and you can be, you can be scared doing things. That's fine. But you don't, until you, until you do something that you're fearful of and you get through it and you're able to look back and be like, ah, that, like that was it. Yeah. And even when it's hard to look back and be like, that was it. Yeah. It's this huge sense of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for of like uh, capability or self-esteem boost. That's what it is. It's mm -hmm. a huge self-esteem boost to know that something you thought you couldn't do or that you were fearful of doing, you just did and can see that you can do it again goes into building the van yeah. like a lot of people would say like Eileen just said it was super brave I, I never saw it as something of of bravery to to step into something like that because I was 
I was convinced that I was going to do it. Yeah. Like there is like, this is, the belief this is in not an option. All this things. is what's going to happen. Yeah. This is yeah. what's going to happen. Now, I don't know. I don't know how good it's going to look. I don't know how fast it's going to get done. Yeah. But I just, I made myself a plan that this is what's going to happen because it has to happen. I'm not moving back to Louisiana to live. I'm not staying in Michigan. I'm not going to be uh, a chef in a restaurant, at least for, you know, thinking back then, at least for the next two years because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Or I was just thinking in six months at that time. Like, I'm not going to be in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the option. You got to find the van. You got to get the tools to do it. You got to research the knowledge on how to put it together. Um, but listen, so, not everybody was like, this is the plan. I got to I gotta get a van. That's the only option. You might have been one of the few. I think it's so brave because it's not a normal society path, right? And and I want to know, I have so many questions. Like, was there anybody in your life that was like, you're crazy. What are you doing? Like, why would you? Or were they just like, oh, yeah, that's Jonathan. Like, like we're on board. I would, I would say more so it was a, it was, oh, that's Jonathan. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's Jonathan living Jonathan because about this point I already had tattoos and I was already very you know, colorful through, life. Thank you, thank you. Uh, <laughs> a lot of I'd already gone through a lot of life transitions mm-hmm. to where it didn't seem it was unusual, but it didn't seem out of the so much norm. out of the norm to where they couldn't envision me doing it. My parents uh, were a little uneasy about it. beautiful so valuable and we admire it and we feel like we are called to live a purposeful life and really you know walk through the fear and and I want to talk about mindset and I have like screenshotted here um one of your stories because I love looking at your stories and what you say and and so you posted this and maybe you can just talk about what you meant by it or go deeper with it it says Almost everything will work again if you leave it unplugged for a few minutes, including yourself. I I picked up, I want to think I was, I've been listening to a podcast uh, by a person named Sean Croxton. It's called Quote of the Day. And what Sean does, essentially, he's got some other things and other avenues that he does interviews, but he's been doing podcasts and I think radio S type stuff for quite some time. Um, and he hosts this podcast where he takes uh, motivational speakers, uh, money mindset speakers, uh, spiritual leaders, just people who speak. And he takes their clips from either YouTube or he has talks sent, in, or talks sent into him, seminars, masterminds, whatever may have you. Um, and I just started to listen to what a lot of people were, were saying. And they were saying a lot of the same kind of stuff in this space. And I forget where I got that from, mm-hmm. uh, the, the person specifically. But the idea was that you can't be on... You can't be on the go all the time. Mm-hmm. There's going to come a time where you're going to need to pull yourself back. You're going to need to reset and you're going to need to go forward. 
and or reset and continue doing what you're doing. It doesn't mean you stop. Mm-hmm. It just means you pause. You take a break. And that pause, the break can look like uh, a week to some people, can look like a year to some people, can look like uh, two minutes to some people. But mm-hmm. it's the idea of something's not working. Well, what, what's the first thing that we do? We shut it off. We reset it. We unplug it. We let mm-hmm. it sit for a while. And then we plug it back in. And usually... Something's going to come on, something's going to click, something's going to reset, and you can start to do the detailed work uh, if, uh, if, you're, if like, your headphones aren't working. What do you do? Just let it die out, let it reset itself, and then plug it back in. I found for myself that I will, I'll go really, really hard at something at the beginning. I'm an excellent person at starting things. Mm-hmm. Come midway, if I'm not super excited about it, I'll start to die off. I'll start to give myself ways to slip out. I'll start to listen to my mind about excuses of why I can't do things. Mm-hmm. Um, and rather than just stopping or pausing, I would stop. Mm-hmm. And I would procrastinate up until some point uh, to where I would convince myself that, oh, I'm not doing this because either I don't want to or, or, or I can't. And with unplugging, it's just sitting. It's resetting, it's maybe breathing, it's maybe talking, it's maybe reading, but just to take a moment for yourself to realize that you aren't broken, you don't need repair, you just need a little bit of rest. You need time to refocus yourself on why you're doing these things, what excites you about these things, where you're going to be when you do these types of things. So that was the, that was the angle that I went from when I, when I, I thought about just unplugging because we don't, we don't think of our, ourselves as circuit systems but there's a lot of electricity and a lot a lot a lot of static running through so if it's working if it's working for our machine like why can't it work for us yeah a thousand percent that's awesome i see it all the time people who are just running themselves like on e Mm -hmm. um just because they never stop you know it's just going 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 i mean we all kind of fall victim to that to some extent Um, I do feel it's almost like kind of like an addiction to the nonstop, an addiction to the busyness. Like, how do you even get to the point where it's like, I understand that I am not my mind and that my mind is like being addicted to this like constant go, go, go. And, and, And we have so much resistance towards unplugging, you know, like now when I unplug, it feels good. I love it. I love to unplug every day, but it used to be so hard for me to stop and breathe like for five minutes, honestly. Um, so how, how do you, how do you understand that that's valuable and how do you even like get there to break that addiction? Oh, we're breaking up a little bit. No. All good. I'll wait. Oh, we're good. We're good on now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the simple, the simple answer, um, and I think the easiest, the most easiest or the easiest one to understand is you just do it now. Let's break it down a little bit because that's a lot easier said than done, as I just showed. Uh, you do that by scheduling, by scheduling times for yourself, by, by saying just how we say, at this time, I need to be at this place, and uh, we'll, we'll take it in, in y'all's realm. I need to drop off the kid, or we need to do this with, uh, with our child at this time. They go to bed at this time every single night. It becomes a routine. You have to set some sort of routine. You have to set some sort of guidelines for yourself and again i knew this when i was in the kitchen i was taught this way back Mm -hmm. when but i don't think i've i i truly took the time to realize how beneficial it is um until i just said you know like something's not working Mm -hmm. something's 
it might not even be uh, there's something that that's in me that may not even be off per se, but I know that something can be better. I know that I can tweak something to make it better, and that was just structuring time to say when when I'm not going to do something, I'm not doing anything, and I'm not going to change it just because a notification comes up or because I see something that is flashy or because my favorite shows on. Like no. This is what it is. And is it kind of hard in the beginning? Yeah, because it's new. Everything that we try new mm-hmm. is hard in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You want to shoot a basketball, you're going to miss it. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> something because it's new shouldn't be. Uh, I would encourage people to think that it's just because it's new doesn't mean it's not going to be difficult. Yeah. Of course, it's going to be difficult. Mm-hmm. That's where you find the that's where you find the value in, in what you're doing is the work that you're putting into it and knowing that something that I didn't think that I can do again, I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm making it look a lot easier than what it could be. Um, so just to, to take it a little bit deeper in for your listeners about uh, about unplugging and stopping, there is a difference between between pausing and, and and quitting. Pausing is because I'm I'm definitely the person that is go go go. I don't want to stop at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that I will be better for it if I, uh, you know, that could be, look like not staying up as late. That could be saying I need to be in bed by a certain time because I want to wake up. That could be, um, you know, non-negotiable workout in the morning or stretching or yoga or meditation. Just mm-hmm. finding some place where you can have within your day of go, go, go um, to set yourself up for a positive go instead of a mindless go that's the difference Mm -hmm. having a having a a vision of where you want to go and going hard at that is much different than just burning yourself out because you don't know where you want to go you know you just can't stop or you don't know how to stop so the people that are you know that work uh every single day i mean i applaud them for that if they're able to do that within themselves and they have you know uh an hour or let's just say 30 minutes before where they set themselves up to crush it in that time that they're doing it. Mm-hmm. I think that's fantastic. Some people need two days off and they can do the exact same type of work within there. Just, you got to figure out what it is for yourself, but understand that there has to be mm-hmm. a pause before you can get up and go. The pausing is like you're stretching. You're just getting ready. You're getting everything. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not working out. You're just stretching. You're moving your arms around a little bit. You're rotating from what you did the other day. You're kind of waking yourself up and then you go for it. So that's the unplug for me. Yeah. I love that. That makes so much sense. Um, do you have anything to comment on that or any other questions for that? Um, I like the just do it. I feel like I had a thought just about that a, a couple of days ago because it's like it's the right. most like simple you, thing. Like you got it right. <laughs> it's like the yeah, I know, right? They it's the most right. simple thing you could ever like say or conceptualize about how to get something done. But then if you're facing something that's difficult or that you don't really want to do or that you've been putting off for a while mm-hmm. and it's like, ah, let me just do it. And then you just feel all that resistance. So true. Um, and, and, you, and you're saying you don't really want to do, but he said something earlier about watching his mind or something. We've been on that for a little mm-hmm. while. It's like if you watch your mind and pay attention to what your mind's saying, your mind's like coming up with all the excuses. Like, yeah. eh, I could just do that tomorrow. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just put that off till next week. Like, but you are not your mind. It's like, watch your mind make all the excuses. 
but then you have the choice to just do it. See, I always wonder about like why it becomes so difficult to not do something. You mentioned that a, a minute too, uh, Jonathan, saying like there's this uh, thing that's distracting to you. Maybe your favorite TV show or um, a notification on your phone, things like that. And I feel like there's so much in our worlds today that is just it's so much easier to like distract yourself to death where all of a sudden you find yourself in a hole and it's like, how did I even get here? I still haven't done the thing that I've been needing to do. I have a to-do list from a month ago that is still there. Um, I haven't made any progress on it. And it's because I'm into these short, quick hits of like dopamine and satisfaction all day, every day. And it, it takes something else to number one, be aware of that. Be like, okay, I'm not doing what I need to do. It's actually, even though I'm satisfied watching my favorite TV show or whatever it is, overall, I'm not satisfied long term. I'm actually more miserable now mm -hmm. uh, because I'm not doing the work that I need to do that gets me somewhere else. Um, and I don't know. I just feel like this old, this whole system that that is like uh, stimulation, excitement, gratitude now, 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 now mm -hmm. uh, sets us down this path of like thinking we're getting stuff done, but we're actually more stuck than ever. Um, and we, it's like that struggle of getting out of that. Uh, so to just do it is so important, but it also there's like, there needs to be a certain amount of awareness that number one, that's happening. And number two, I have to do something different to undo that. And it'll be very much against the grain. If you're stuck in this pattern of avoidance of procrastination of whatever it is. One well, one word comes to mind. It has mm -hmm. come to mind a lot in the recent months and that's comfort. Mm. <laughs> comfort man we get we get stuck in or people get stuck in this rut because of comfort because it's it's easy to not do something yeah. it's incredibly easy to just say nah i'm good mm -hmm. nah i don't want to do it yeah. nah i don't want to go there mm -hmm. that's the easy thing it's it takes no effort for me to sit in this chair right now to fall asleep in this chair right now to do anything from this chair that's what's, that's what's easy. And as I'm, as I'm learning and as I'm listening to other people talk, there's a much more, there's, there's a much more scientific way of putting this, but in 101 terms, we'll kick it back to our college years. In 101 terms, your brain, as people are understanding it, is designed to keep you alive. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's its number one priority, keep you alive. And the way it does that is when it senses that there's going to be even the slightest difficulty in doing something, not going to keep you alive. Because right here, you're good and you're breathing and you're still and nothing, nothing's around you and nothing can harm you. Mm -hmm. But also, you're going to, what your brain's not telling you is that, you know, your legs are going to go limp in about 20 minutes or you're going to want to get up and move around or you're going to have to hold your head up like this and you're not stretching it out. Your muscles are going to get weak and it's going to be really discomforting to sit in this chair for two years. And that's what we fall into. Now, the chair is a metaphor, obviously. Right. But you get stuck in these patterns of not doing something. And it's like when you drop, but you guys ever heard when uh, like a frog won't jump out of, it won't jump out of uh, water. It'll, it'll essentially let itself get killed as it brings up water slowly because it doesn't realize that it's getting mm -hmm. warmer and warmer and warmer as the, as the water boils. If you toss it in boiling water, Whoa. it'll try to get out real quick, just like we will. When we're hit with something super quick, we're reactive and we're trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. If, it's, if you're in an environment where it's just gradual, every little bit, it goes like what you were talking about, Blake. You look back and all of a sudden, um, 
we'll put it, uh, I'll talk in, uh, in weight terms. You could be uh, married for 10 years and have put on 50 pounds and you're not uh, doing the things you love and you're wondering why your marriage might not be working together. And uh, from a single person's perspective, um, I was, uh, I wasn't walking my dogs as much. I was getting very irritated at people um, for, and for, for no reason but my own. But I wasn't able to see that because it had been a progression over 10 years instead of seeing something right here and right now. And that's what COVID did. It brought all that stuff mm-hmm. right up to the forefront. And I had to, I had to, I had to combat it. And I had to figure out what I was going to do about it really quickly. But it's comfort. Mm-hmm. It's called it's called growing pains for a reason. Mm-hmm. You get bigger muscles for a reason. You mm-hmm. do better in business for a reason. You have better relationships for a reason. The shit is. Am I, oh, sorry, if I, yeah, I don't know if I can do it, but go ahead. The shit is. Oh, got out. <laughs> we just heard it's the shit true. is. <laughs> Jonathan, we should screenshot. Shit, like shit's painful, yeah. but. If, if anyone is sitting here listening to this right now, just understand that every single thing, every single thing that you have been through, and you're still here. Mm-hmm. You might have a lot more work to do. You might not be in the best place that you want to be in. You might have a lot of other factors that are contributing to your overall health, but you're still here. Mm-hmm. And once someone is able to tap into that mindset or at least give the opportunity for that mindset to emerge Mm. that regardless of what is happening to me, I'm still here and I'm still going to choose to grow. Mm. Like that's a big choice. And and I think that's why we, we love to hear comeback stories and we love to Mm. hear success stories and we love to hear started from the bottom and now I'm here stories because that's not normal. Mm-hmm. That's discomforting. That's not what we choose to do. That's stuff that is happening around us. And the only choice that we have to make or that we can make in some of those situations is like, how am, how am I going to perceive this? How am I going to see what's going on around me and mm-hmm. make this into something that's a growth moment for me? I heard something. There's a person that I just came across. Uh, I didn't know who he was. His name's Inky Johnson. Uh, Inky Johnson's a motivational speaker, and his story was that he was on a path for football athlete, um, and he had a super bad injury with his arm. Thought he might have to amputate it. All that to say, he's definitely not playing football. But he was put into a new calling, stepping into it. And this man is, to me, unbelievably motivational. The kind of stuff where you hear and you go, "Oh shit, he's doing it!" Like. Like this, right. like there's no, there's no reason. I, there's no reason like I can't be tapping this kind of stuff going yeah. with YouTube. So <laughs> that's why we love to hear stories like that. But we don't hear stories like that all the time. We don't hear them when we're watching TV. We don't hear them when we're, uh, you know, sitting down, not really being active and participating in our life with our family, with ourselves, with our mind, with our body. Mm. Um, and it's just that comfort. That comfort is where, that comfort is what kills us per se. Mm. And I just, I've, I've taken, I've taken a firm decision mm-hmm. that that's not going to, that's not going to be me anymore. Mm-hmm. And again, if I'm doing it, you might not do it in the same way that I'm doing it, but I'm sure still going to try to motivate you to just have the, have the, the, the possibility that maybe there's something to this. Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Powerful. Mm-hmm. 
powerful. It's definitely <laughs> stuff that is always on our mind. So that's why we're talking to you, right? Because uh, we resonate so much. So, but it's like making that decision that you have to, you have to seek these things out because I've been through times too. I mean, we've all been through times where I was just like low and it's like, why? Like I have this amazing life. You know, there's nothing on the outside that's really horrible but it's like that internal struggle like that irritability and you have to make that choice and so you have to seek it out so if if you could tell somebody who's in that low spot who wants of course like wants to have a better life but like they're in that comfort and they don't know how they don't have the energy they're fucking tired like how do you do it where do you start for me and what i would suggest to anybody that's listening you have to start with yourself. You don't need to start with a spouse, with a partner, with your children, with your family, with your friends. None of that stuff matters until you are able to be good with you. And it's I, 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 you just have to start talking better to yourself. Mm. I would I would say that if we were able to if we were to monitor someone for twenty four hours in their chosen field and their uh, framework in their household, just their everyday life. We were to give 24 hours to somebody. I'm almost positive someone from the outside could say, oh, well, I think that the reason you might be feeling that way is because you're talking to yourself like this, or you don't think that you, like, you don't think that you can, or that even beyond can, that you're worthy mm-hmm. of being able to do it. Some people wrap that into spiritual. Some people wrap that into self however you choose to look at it mm-hmm. you have to understand that you're here therefore you are mm-hmm. period there's nothing your self-worth is not found in anybody else or in anything it's found just by simply being whether it's like what I'm doing where if you really like technology and you just start to broadcast it, spoiler alert, this motivational stuff and the things that I put on Instagram and Facebook and wherever you have you, mm-hmm. uh, I'll be slightly selfish for a second. This stuff is for me. Mm-hmm. This is stuff to see so that it's coming out of my mouth and I'm hearing it. And now that it's out in the open, what's the universe going to do with it? And if I go back and watch it again, I, I sometimes I don't see myself. I just see this energy of like, nah, you can, dude. What I see on the screen is now what is in my head. That's the that's the the, the voice that sometimes we'll hear ourselves say like, "Oh, I can't do this," or "Oh, I don't know how to get out of it." That's my voice now. And guess what? It's loud and it's clear. Mm-hmm. This is what you need to do, and this is how you can do it. And if mm-hmm. other people are able to get something from it, that's amazing. Yeah. I love that for other people. But first and foremost, this stuff is for me because mm-hmm. if I'm not getting myself right. I can't I can't even start to think about how I can help in broad terms people from that. So it's just got to start with it's got to start with yourself in the morning. If anybody wants to try this and I'm just thinking of this off the top of my head, I'm sure that somebody else is doing it. But if you were stuck and where you don't want to be, imagine where even where you think you want to be and envision yourself there right now. How would that person be talking to where you are right now. Instance, um, 
I don't really like the way my body's looking right now, even though I love my body. I know this is my body. I, I want to be stronger and this weight's really hard to get off. And I've tried this and I've tried that and nothing seems to be working. The person in the future is going to look at you and say, nothing's working. Like, then how do I exist? How am I able to talk to you right now and tell you that um, by working on your back and your lower, working on your upper back and strengthening your legs, that you're going to be able to walk more, which means you're going to be able to play with your kids more, which means you're going to be able to go to the grocery store uh, and not be in a, a ride around cart and you're able to, able to see people and talk to people and help people get things down. And like all these, all this opportunity just starts to open up when you start to envision where you want to be as if you're already there and have that person be the person in your mind that's speaking back to you. Cause it's no longer where I don't, I don't know where to go. Mm -hmm. No, like you're, you're already there. Mm -hmm. How does that person want to show up and start talking to you? What discipline did that person have to do in order to get there? And you start telling yourself these things. Okay. Uh, I'm going to, I'm not going to try. You just commit to it. Take, take the word try out of your vocabulary for two weeks, mm. for a week. Take it out for a week. You're not going to try anything. You're going to commit to it. Mm. You're going to commit to cooking for yourself. You're going to commit to going to the gym. You're going to commit to telling yourself that you love yourself and that you're proud of yourself and that you are strong and that others love you because they see the work that you're doing in yourself. You're going to tell yourself uh, that the promotion that I was kind of scared to ask for that I'm going to commit to doing the work to, to getting further and like whatever that is for your life, take out the word try for a week and replace it with commit. I'm not going to try to do something. I'm going to commit to doing something because the things that we commit to in life, we do it. The things that we really want to do, if you really dig deep enough, the stuff that you want to do in life, you will find a way to dedicate time to do so maybe five minutes, maybe five hours, but you're going to find some time to truly commit to what you want to do. And I think that that's an excellent place to start. It's just start to change the conversation in your mind. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm tired. I'm, I'm sad. Mm -hmm. I'm broken. Mm -hmm. No, I'm working. Uh, I'm, I'm attempting, I'm strengthening. Uh, I'm uh, envisioning. Like there's so many more powerful words that you can say to yourself. And when your brain starts to see you do these activities, it picks up, oh, well, this is this what is I'm going to keep doing feeding. Now. I don't need to right. feed it comfort anymore because that's, that's not working for this person. So I want to stay alive. I got to match what the body's doing. And, mm -hmm. and watch, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, watch how quickly you start to, when you start to show up for yourself and you start to change the, when you start to change the way you talk to yourself. I think that is so, so yeah. true. And there's so much research on that. And I do have a question about that, though, because you're saying showing up for yourself, doing these things. I think behind it, especially I think, well, I'm not going to even say for women, but like for me, I feel like there was this conditioned piece of how I lived my life where it was. I was doing things ultimately to put words on it for outside validation, to make sure I was walking mm -hmm. the line I was supposed to be to make a like do what I was supposed to be doing, making other people happy. And it was like that short term happiness of me feeling whole and like being like, okay, I did it. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. But then realizing, like you said earlier, like finally realizing I am whole. I don't need validation from the outside. And I've heard this said before. It's I love myself. If other people love me, it's just the cherry on top. And now that I have that perspective in my life, it's so much better. 
But before you have that perspective, do you think you can show up for yourself in those ways? Because I know there's so many people who have so many thoughts and conditions and but behavior patterns where it's like they can't feel that I am whole without someone validating mm. me. So can they show up for themselves even if they don't have that whole feeling? Yes. Yes. And, and yes. And the way that I would, again, because life is, life is about perspective. The way that I would try to mm -hmm. switch perspective is that you are already doing things, but you're not identifying them as growth. Mm. So I, I think I put something up the other, the other day that I heard is that uh, when you're, when your mind is not open to the possibility your eyes won't see the opportunity. Mm. So you very well could be doing the steps to get you somewhere, but unless you unless you start to believe, mm. and again, we can put belief in anything. I'll just leave it there. <laughs> we can put belief in anything. So if you can believe in one thing and you're not awarding the same belief system to yourself, mm. like you just have to start to see it. So if there... Are there other, are there traumas and hardships that happen to people that I haven't experienced? So maybe I'm speaking from a privileged stance. Absolutely. But that doesn't change mm. the mindset that both people have to have of just seeing yourself succeeding and giving yourself the opportunity for you to see things around you that probably you're already doing. So I say, I say yes. Because what am I going to say? No. Like, well, well, here's what I'm saying. Like, for, you know what I mean? In, I, I understand. I'm just saying in my own personal experience, like, like just, I, I mean, I was seeking. I was just seeking. I'm on this, like, journey of, like, seeking whatever you want to call it. For me, I, I'll call it spirituality. But over time, I realized I am whole. <laughs> like, I felt it. Whatever it is, it touched me. And from that focal point, I, it was easier to do the things and name the things as growth and as valuable. It was because I always came back to that wholeness piece, which I guess I had forgotten. Um, it definitely wasn't there, but just going, I mean, going through a lot. I mean, it was like journaling, coaches, crying all the time. Like, yeah, I, I found that wholeness. But for me, I feel like from the wholeness point, those things, speaking kinder to myself was easier. But but I, I mean, I have to say I had started doing all that before I realized the wholeness of who I am. Yeah. So like we're, we're talking, we're talking about the same thing in, yeah. in different terms. Yes. It will become easier to identify and put names and practices, things that you start to do that. But that's what the whole process is, is you, you, you put in your mind that you're capable of doing these things. And then guess what? the stuff you're already doing starts to appear like it's working. When it's been working all along, you just haven't been in the, or people haven't been in the mindset to allow themselves to, to give themselves permission to understand that they don't need anybody. Mm -hmm. Having people is very important. Having community is very, mm -hmm. very, very important. But loving yourself is more important than anything. Mastering this idea of, I am and I will be and I can be and I'm following to be. It just it can be as it can be as simple as that. It's not as easy as that, but it's as simple as that of just saying, 
I'll give you an example. Whenever I I've been taking uh, I've been taking cold showers for upwards to about three months now. Mm-hmm. I would say there's been a few a handful of times where I've been out in the desert for like four or five days. I said, Nah, I won't. Cut out. Wait, yeah. Cold showers in the desert. Sh- yeah. Hold on one second. Wait for you Last thing back. we heard was Yeah, so going to the cold showers, I will I will tell myself out loud, right before I'm about to get in the shower, I say this I said this water so this water doesn't control me, I control it. And we step into our greatness in three, two, one. And that initial just shock, just kind of, oh, it's there. But what I found is that I get very comfortable in, in just being in slight discomfort of what a normal situation would be. Cold water, oh, I want to get out. Oh, I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. Nah, just, just sit with it for a while. Just understand how it makes your body feel. And when I get out, I'm starting to warm up mm-hmm. as opposed to cooling back down and being even colder because I was super, super hot. And now I'm stepping to an environment and kind of goes, that's just one small way of, of just talking to yourself. Mm-hmm. Does it sound silly? Yeah, maybe. But I'll tell you what, I think that I'm a better person for it. And mm-hmm. if that's not the goal, or if, if, I, if, I'm not, if I'm not excited about just moving forward, like, what do I care if someone else thinks that it's silly? Yeah, it might be. But guess what? Get me some really good results. It's brought me here, been able to share with other people. It's keeping me on a track of what I'm going right now. So there's mm-hmm. got to be something to that. So we can all say in different ways of how we need to go about it and how we do it. But it's got to mm-hmm. start with you got to come back to yourself and understand that you are because you exist. Mm-hmm. Period. There's nothing else that comes before or after that. If you're not able to be in the present with yourself and just and identify with the idea and the concept that you are whole because you exist. And when you start there, it's a lot easier to build up than waiting on someone else to show up for you or thinking how someone else is going to think about you. Mm-hmm. That's what I found at least. Yeah. Yes. That's really good. So really good. good. We uh, step into our greatness. Yeah. So good. You know, good that, you know how good that sounds? He doesn't want to step into greatness. <laughs> Maybe not like this, but like, oh, I want to step into greatness. Yeah. Yes. Wanting and doing. You, you just do it. You just get up and you do it. You Thank do you. it. Uh, there's, a, there's a person, mm. uh, I, I can't remember her name off the top of my head. Um, she did a viral, she gave a viral uh, story. It was either on Instagram or TikTok about how her date bought her a hundred tacos one time uh, from Taco Bell, and uh, I can't think of her name right now. Um, but she, again, she was in this place of of just being fearful of how things go, and then this video went super viral, and she started to get in a lot of comments uh, about, "Oh my gosh, I love your story. I want to do you. I want to help you do more." And all that to say, she just started saying, um, you just do think you, you just do it scared. You just do it with hope. You just do it out of fear. You just do it like just do it is in there. And then you can attach whatever emotion you have to afterwards mm-hmm. that comes after. Just do it is is where you start. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know where I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it. I just 
am because this it's short it's simple but you gotta you have to be able to to understand that the do comes first and then everything else your emotions your fears your happiness on the plus side your excitement all that stuff comes afterwards mm. do is the only way you get to this other stuff mm. mm-hmm. that's so good i want like i'm still just kind of chewing on how awesome your response was with the how you talk to yourself like the whole the whole piece you went on because mm-hmm. when you talk about doing it well first you have to like to some extent you're going to talk to yourself before you do mm-hmm. it but if the way you talk to yourself is like oh you're a piece of shit it's gonna suck anyway and, and, like, like, people... whatever you do is gonna suck but if you like want to do it well number one you got to look at yourself and say hey number one you're capable you're mm-hmm. whole you're 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 awesome you're <laughs> you're a great person you're totally worthy of whatever might come after this um, and then what you do is, and no one, and no one else, and no one else has to know about yeah. that conversation. Because mm-hmm. yep. guess what? No one else knows about the conversation that's currently going on in your brain. Yeah. And where's that getting you? It's like it's getting you into yeah. it's getting you into depression. It's getting you into mm-hmm. self doubt. It's getting you into low self confidence. It's getting you into low self esteem. Like if I were to give you, I'd like to think that's. I would like to think that someone else would choose these things. So, so make them tangible, right? Make out. them tangible. Yeah. What, what do I? What do? What do I want to be? Mm-hmm. Happy. How do I? How? What do I perceive as being happy? Um, a little more. A little more money. Uh, a better health. A better relationship with someone. Okay. Well, how do I get a little more money? How do I make a better? You just start to break it down, and at the end of the day, guess what? It's all going to come back to you. Mm-hmm. In some way, shape, or form, all this shit is going to come back to you. And if you can have the courage to step into yourself, metaphorically speaking, mm-hmm. and start talking to yourself better, you see where talking bad to yourself is getting yeah. you. You see where other people talking bad to yourself is getting you. Well, switch it up. Yeah. And it and if it and if it doesn't work. You'd have nothing to lose because you're already there. <laughs> right, because <laughs> you're already you know I mean? right where you are. So you have nothing to lose. These, things, these concepts are these concepts when we when we break them down, just like many things. When we we see this this huge vision of oh my gosh, it's going to take all of this work to to get to where I want to be, and I don't know if I can do it. Eh, I'm a I'm gonna be comfortable and I'm gonna tap out, or I'm going to accept pain and I'm gonna tap out. I'm going to accept uh, neglect and rejection and tap out. And again, just so everyone is listening, if this, the first place you come in, we're talking in generalities. I know there's a lot of things in life that make it much, much, much harder. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't make it impossible. Yeah. Like we said before, usually those people that come up from what we thought was impossible inspire us the most, make mm-hmm. us cry the most, make us happy the most. And we're able to reflect and go, Ah oh, shit! I can do this. Yeah. So even even from even from the lowest points, which people will show us when they aren't born when they aren't born with arms or legs. Yep. See and you're telling me that you're mm-hmm. still finding validation in life? Come on. Like like, <laughs> so like come on come on. You can you can do this. So you true. can do it. There's no mm-hmm. there's no question about it. So yeah, start to write things down. The importance of speaking things out loud, you know, I've, I've heard some people say that, oh, well, I'm like, what's different than saying it in my mind versus writing it down? Mm-hmm. Exactly what we're talking about. When it gets in your mind, 
it gets mixed up with a lot of other things. Again, your mind is here to keep you alive. It's not here to push you. You have to push yourself. So when you put it on paper, you take it from here and you put it into something you see, something you can touch, something you can speak, something you can feel, something you can show others if you want to, that this is what I'm doing and you can do it too. You put things in tangible sense and you start to make a lot better or a lot more positive decisions when something is looking at you right in the face, writing down, I am loving, I am love, I am worthy, uh, I am uh, worth accomplishment. You start putting that stuff and then that's what gets stuck in your brain. That's what you start feeding back to yourself. Regurgitate, spit all this shit that's out of your, like get it out. I'm doing stuff in my van right now and I've just been carrying stuff, just stuff that I haven't been willing to let go of mm -hmm. because I thought I may use it one day. And although I very well may use it one day, I'm not using it right now. And it's creating a block in my mind to get other things because of the space that it's currently taking up of, or when do I have to sell it? Or how long do I have to do it? Oh, mm -hmm. I have to move this around mm -hmm. again. Um, oh, this is a lot. I don't have room for my van. When I could say, let it go. Crazy talk. Just let it go. Mm. You're not going to get any money from it. And maybe, and maybe some a way that I've I'm retraining my brain is that it's not what I'm getting out of it. What I end up getting out when I'm going to switch the the topics a little bit, just going into mind talk. There's a lot of times that we think that we are owed something because you know because we had to spend something on. But we'll mm -hmm. talk in money terms. Just because I bought something, therefore someone else has to buy it from me because this is the worth that I put into it. Mm -hmm. But what if you switched it up and just like, what if you found your your payment in the smile on someone's face or in the in the joy of not expecting something and getting it? Or what if that person is dealing with a lot of troubles and and what you gave them is helping them, you know, snap out of Freeze. Yeah, I wonder what's going on. I have a lot of wood in the van that I was holding on to for a second build. We good? Yeah, yeah, we're good. Okay. All right, cool. We have a lot of, I have a lot of wood that I was waiting to, to build a second van with that uh, I'm sure I would have used at some point. Uh, but what if I was, what if I was able to give that away to somebody and they were able to save money because something was donated to them, which means they got to build something and give it to somebody that they wanted to give it to, but they've had this block in their mind of, oh, I can't afford this right now. And then out of nowhere, it's just, it's just given to them. Yeah. Like yeah. that's, that's, that's such a more powerful concept. I'm not saying give everything away. Well, maybe I am. I don't know. Um, but that's a powerful concept to think that there are, there are certain things in life that we don't like that we put ownership on because we paid for it because we're owed something from it. Like if you can, if you're able to let go of that mm -hmm. mindset or that mm -hmm. attachment to something, oh my gosh, the joy that just comes in. and the, and the freedom that it provides you for yourself. Cause man, I've got my van empty right now. Feels good. And it's a, it's amazing. <laughs> I can go around the corner. I can stand up straight. I can cook what I want to. I can oh like I can do all of these things. But until you're able to just get rid of things, 
your thoughts, your emotions, physical things, until you're able to just get rid of it, you're going to be stuck in that same van, going around those same turns, doing the same movements. You just got to, you got to, you have to find a way to convince yourself, to convince your mind that it's not in control. And then once you start to feed it, the mind wants to be in control. So it's going to keep putting out positive things. I also heard someone say that there's a, there's a, there's a reason why you see people who are successful in other ways than financial, why you don't see them very uh, like sad or depressed or down on themselves. Because when you're busy doing other things and you're busy talking good, just like you don't have time. You don't have space for any of that other stuff. Mm -hmm. So clear up some space in your brain for, uh, for positivity, clear up some space in your brain for encouragement, clear up your space in your brain for self-esteem boost. Because if you don't have space for it, guess what? It's not getting in there. Or you're going to try to stuff something in a storage unit and it's not going to fit. You're going to have a hard time closing it and you're going to be like, why can't I do this? Because of the 16 beds that you have in there. Like, what, like what, are, what, are, we, what are we talking about here? So that's, what, that's, a, that's another thing that I'm going through. I still have some things that I'm, I'm learning to let go of a little bit more, but also just seeing the joy because I start to see it when things are given to me, it reminds me, oh yeah, I can, I can do that. And I don't need I don't need anything in return because in the long run, mm-hmm. it's all gonna even out. It's yeah. all mm-hmm. gonna even out in the long run. I might not see it, but if I can believe that at the end of my life, that whatever I'm doing is going to carry on in some way, shape, or form, and I know that it's the good of all rather than just the good of me, man, your perspective starts to shift a whole bunch when you start if you're able to look at things that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Beautiful, thousand percent. Yeah, that's Feel good that. Stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whenever you're talking about the I'm on a, I'm on a, I'm on a high right now. I've been, I've been riding this way for like <laughs> two and a half, three months or so, and I've known it. I've known that it's always in me, uh, but I've never, I've never attached myself to the idea of about taking it on from a from a life perspective, and having and having someone say, oh, "I can't do this." Uh, I, don't, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. I think you can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the willingness to just show up for someone else. Because sometimes all it takes is, like, I get I get people sending me DMs. I never thought I'd be one of these people saying this either, which is also what these people say. They never see themselves being one of these people. <laughs> but I get DMs about, about people who will say, um, I, love, I love your mantras in the morning. Um, I can't wait to see what you're going to say tomorrow. Uh, I didn't want to go to the gym and I saw you didn't. I said, well, shit, now, like, now I have to go. Right. Like, it's just, there's, that was never the intention. Yeah. The intention was for me to just start doing something mm-hmm. for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you start working on yourself, guess what? It ripples. You not only start to see that in other people, but other people start to see it. Oh, we froze. I'll say this right now. So if you keep your... Okay, here. One sec. I'm waiting for it to come back. You got it. There we go. I think we're back. I'm gonna say this now. I'm gonna say it now. I'm gonna say it now so we have it in have a recording. You guys can pull this clip whenever you're doing your podcast in front of like <laughs> six thousand people and you can bring it back. Oh, yeah. This is never yeah. about anyone else. Never. This self motivation, this self improvement is never about anyone else. But as a byproduct of doing it for yourself. 
more people will have an impact from it. It's just the natural progression. What you start doing to yourself, that's what you're going to start seeing in the world. You're being fearful of yourself. You're being scared of yourself. Guess what? You're going to see all that stuff in the world. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist. But when you start working on yourself and you start pumping yourself up and you start loving yourself and you start telling yourself that you can do it, you're going to start to see other people that say, hey, I'm doing this now. I want to do this. I'm going to do this. Thank you for motivating me. Bro, I'm just motivating myself. And it's just a byproduct of the work that I've been doing. And I love that other people are getting value out of it. But again, we start placing our own value and how other people will perceive it, even when it's good. Mm-hmm. It's a downfall. Yeah. This will always be about myself right. in, the, in the most humble and honoring way. And other people can get value out of it if they want, mm-hmm. if they choose to. But for me, yo, I'm always getting value. I'm, I, don't, I hardly ever say never, but I'll say it this time. I'm never, never going back to the way I was doing things before, mm-hmm. ever. I don't know where the switch happened. I don't, know what, like, I don't know what I flipped. I don't know what something else has flipped for me. I don't know what I saw, mm-hmm. but I'm telling you, I'm never, ever going back to the way I did things before. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it's steady climb. It's, it's steady work. It's steady putting it in, <laughs> let's go mentality. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So I, I got a question for you. Um, do you have like a like a future plan, a future vision for yourself? Or is it just like day to day, whatever happens, happens? It's a little bit of both. Uh, I have uh, my, well, yes. The broad future plan is, in one word, growth. Mm-hmm. That's the future plan. And that's going to change from day to day. That's going to change from year to year, from decade to decade. But the idea, the end goal is just, growing how can i be something a little bit better than what i was yesterday how can i talk to someone a little bit kinder how can i try to find forgiveness a little bit more how can i strengthen my body a little bit more how can i give a little bit more this idea is if i'm here i can still give a little more i can still get one more rep in Mm. um that's the that's the 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 big life broadcast if you will uh, in the next year, you guys are now the fifth. This is the, you're the fifth person, actually the first couple. So I'll I'll start a new category. You guys are the first couple that I've told this to, and so your listeners will get to hear it. Um, I'm going to speak. I'm going to take my own advice and speak like I'm already there. Come this time next year, I will have spoken at a conference of a thousand people or more, and I'm just and I can already see myself there. I can already envision it. I'm going going to align myself with people that are putting on uh, seminars, that are putting on retreats, that want speaking events, that host podcasts. Like I'm going to just, I'm just going to start doing, and I'm not going to worry about how it's going to happen because I believe that as I commit to doing, those things will start to present themselves to me. Or again, going back to what I said, I'll start to see those opportunities rather than them being in plain sight and think like, Oh, well, that's just nothing. I just met that person. Mm-hmm. Ah, everything we come into is an opportunity if we choose to see it that way. We choose to see it for growth. So that's one big thing that I'm that I'm aiming for. Um, and I've never been a I've never been a boss of my own. And I hope that within not nah, nah, let me change it again. Within a year, mm-hmm. I will have my own business doing something in the food 
motivation, um, not really self-help, but I would just say inspiration or motivational space of just telling people that they can. And I'll probably incorporate food into it some way. I don't know if it'll be from a health perspective, uh, but I, I haven't, I've been largely. Oh, we frozen. Oh, we frozen. Uh, going on almost two years now. Hold on one second. I've been largely vegan. Uh, on, okay. Sorry. Start, start back like 10 seconds ago. Yeah. Like you were saying, <laughs> you were food in it in some yeah. way. So it'll be, it'll be incorporating food into it some way, whether that's uh, me, you know, making uh, an ebook for people to purchase, or if that's, uh, you know, hosting uh, live cooking shows with people and I do them through Zoom, or whether it's uh, taking in like a little bit of a health perspective and saying you can have X, Y, Z and blend in this sort of way to get this sort of optimization out of your body. Again, I don't know what it's like or what it looks like because I've never done it before. That doesn't mean that it's going to stop me from doing it. So those are two, those are two goals I would say that I'm, that I'm aiming towards, but in the big sense, just growth, yeah. just growth, mm-hmm. self growth, relationship growth, health growth, animal growth, just growth. That's awesome. Well, with that, with those, uh, keep us updated on how those things go. And if we can help in any way, we'll, we'll do it. I want to be at that conference. Keep, yes. I'll keep be at a, that conference keep, too. Keep, uh, keep, I'll keep doing this podcast and y'all can book me a year. Look, I'll yeah. do it. Nine thirty. a year from <laughs> today. You come back and you see what it, and you see, and you see what it's going to be. We probably want to be doing it on Skype. Skype my AMD around a year. Who knows? <laughs> we bring in Skype back. Everybody who we interview, they're like Skype. All right. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yes. Thank you for Working. speaking your vision out to yeah, us awesome. and putting it out there and letting it ripple out. Yeah. I know, yeah. I know that that could be a, uh, that could be kind of scary to kind of bring it out to people. I know I'm, I don't know. My my visions. I'm I'm afraid to tell people sometimes, but that's really cool. So cool. There is I think there's a so those that's just a, that's just one of the that's just like a, a overall vision. I think that the things that that you're really digging deep for in the goal or objective or whatever you want to call it category, I don't think you should tell those to anybody. Mm. Nobody. Because you don't need any other input yeah. on something that you believe you were going to achieve or that you believe that you're speaking to yourself from. So, mm-hmm. you know, while I may say that I want to speak at a conference, uh, I, I've, I've written, I've written down some goals that nobody, nobody will ever see mm-hmm. because, because they're for me, but people are going to start to see the fruits of that labor. And they're there. I, I can, I can mention small things along the way uh, to kind of give hints at what it is, but, Keeping that, I think that's important. Keeping something just for yourself, and it's just, in a society where if you tell one person, someone else is gonna find out about it. Yes. I don't care who it is. Mm-hmm. The only way to keep a secret is to not tell anyone. That's the way you keep a secret. The only <laughs> way. The only so, way. There's a, there are a lot of there are a lot of other things that'll that'll come up in the uh, in the long run, but those are just kind of some of the short term goals that I'm excited about. I'm excited to step into and. Uh, and to hopefully continue to give the opportunity to inspire and motivate other people because I am doing it for myself first. Do things for yourself first. Put your oxygen mask on first mm-hmm. and watch how quickly you can start to help other people. Yeah. Mm. Good. So good. good. It's been such an energetic, <laughs> like honest, truthful interview. I've loved it so much. 
we will have to go get our baby from school, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm yeah, just to put, just to put good goodness on y'all too. You guys, y'all are, y'all are doing it right now too. So if you're ever in this idea of like why we're doing this or who mm. are we going to reach, reach me. If you're reaching one person, mm-hmm. you're going to start to reach other people. So blessings to y'all's podcast. You choose to continue to do it this way. I love your backdrop. I, I I've been looking at the the spine the entire time, so that might be just a fixture of the second living room. But thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate yeah, it. Man. Absolutely, we appreciate the wisdom and the energy, and we're so happy to still be in contact with you after over a decade. Um, so over yeah, a decade. super blessed. Here's to another decade. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Put it in your calendar. Ten years from now, be back. I'm putting it in right now. Uh, I'll, I'll go have. I'll have Siri put it in right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jonathan. Appreciate it, guys. Much love to y'all. Much love to your family. I'll talk to you guys soon, okay? All Thanks, right. Jonathan. Great seeing you, man.